I really appreciate the opportunity again to come back to uh, downtown and see my, my family here. I know you may forget my name from time to time because I only come here on the, during the summer, but, uh, but it's always a delight to be back and uh, to be able to see your faces and to see that you are still running the race. And I'm so happy and so glad that, um, that God has given us the strength, that he's given us the courage and the wisdom to continue serving him faithfully in, our, in, uh, in his kingdom. We need to remember the words of uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 15 and verse 58. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse uh, 58. And I'm confident that most of you already know that passage because uh, we serve uh, our Lord every <clears throat> single day knowing that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor in the Lord <clears throat> is not in vain. And it is not in vain because... 1 Corinthians 15 deals with the resurrection chapter. And because Jesus resurrected from the dead, uh, that's why uh, we have the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before times eternal, Titus 1 and verse 2. And that's the reason why we are encouraged to continue <clears throat> running the Christian uh, race by following Christ. There is no way on earth that we can finish <clears throat> that race unless we do it following Christ. Uh, he's the only one who can help us. He's the only one who can help us to be able to arrive <clears throat> at the last um, uh, day in which we will receive that uh, crown of righteousness or the crown of life, which has been promised to those who finish uh, that race. But, you know, as we think about the race, uh, the phrase, the race, is basically used to denote the Christian life. Uh, the Christian life. Living the Christian life means running the race. And so the Bible <clears throat> oftentimes it uses those earthly phrases or earthly principles in order to convey a spiritual meaning. Uh, and so when we talk about the, the race, running the race by following Christ, it means to, to live the Christian life by following uh, Jesus Christ. So to leave uh, or to run the Christian race, uh, let me tell you something, it's not an easy job. Uh, it's not an easy task. Uh, I've been a Christian for 29 years, and it hasn't been easy. Uh, it's been some up and down, up, ups and downs, uh, but God is always there for us. Uh, I'm pretty sure that some of you have uh, been a Christian for at least, you know, 150 years uh, or so, maybe. Uh, and, I, and, I am, and I am confident, brethren, I am confident that the many years you've been serving the Lord, those many, maybe 60 years, maybe 50 years, it may be 40 years, or it may be up to 70 years or even more. But I am confident that if I ask you, how many times has the Lord forsaken you? I am confident that your reply will be none, zero times. Uh, he will never leave us <clears throat> nor forsake us. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5. But again, it's not an easy life. It's not an easy race. There are so, so many obstacles that we have to face as we continue to live the Christian life, as we continue to run the Christian race. 
There will be so many obstacles. You know, the prophets of all, uh, the prophets of all, which are mentioned in the book of Hebrews, uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3, that's where the Hebrews writer actually mentions that race. And we need to look unto Jesus in order to be able to make it. But if you consider the remote context, that is, the previous chapter, chapter 11, there is a big list of uh, <clears throat> Old Testament prophets, Old Testament servants of God who serve Him faithfully, um, who serve God faithfully. And it wasn't easy for them. It wasn't easy for Moses to serve God. It wasn't easy for Joshua to serve God. It wasn't easy for all those men listed in that uh, 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. It wasn't easy for them to be able to live and to run that race pleasing our Heavenly Father. Uh, and it won't be easy for us either. You know, when we consider the first century church, you know, that church, they suffer a lot. I mean, as they were, as they started running the race in Acts chapter 2, as the first gospel sermon was proclaimed, the Bible says in Acts 2.41 that about 3,000 souls obeyed the gospel. And they were added to their number. They were added to the body of Christ, Acts 2 and verse 47. And as they began their, their Christian race, as they began that race following Christ, it was not easy for them. Uh, most of them suffered so much. For example, we see uh, Peter and John being put into uh, prison in Acts chapter 5. And then we see Stephen, who was running the race, preaching Christ, preaching the gospel, preaching the word of God. What happened to Stephen? <clears throat> for preaching the gospel, they put him to death. And so it wasn't easy for Stephen to live the Christian life. And then as we move forward in the book of Acts, then we see in chapter 9, as the as Saul Tarsus begins to serve God, as he obeyed the gospel in his conversion is recorded in Acts 9, 22 and 26, in those uh, three chapters. As we see in chapter 9, the moment he is baptized, chapter 9 and verse 20, the moment he begins to preach Christ, he begins to face uh, persecution. Because you remember in chapter 9, as soon as he obeyed the gospel, then they wanted to kill him. Uh, they wanted to kill uh, the Apostle Paul. And then you move forward to chapter 14. You see the Apostle Paul. He was stoned at Lystra for preaching the Word of God. Uh, and then in chapter 16 at Philippi, we see as they were running the race, as they were continuing to run, to run their race by following Christ, they were also put into prison uh, at Philippi. But remember what they said in Acts 16 and verse 25. Remember the words that Luke records there? In Luke 16, 20, in Acts 16, 25, Acts 16 and verse 25, the Bible says that they began to complain. They began to say, we're not going to continue this race. It is not worthy. Uh, we're just, as soon as we do our time here, we're just going to go back to wherever we came from, and we're just going to be doing whatever we were, whatever it was that we were doing before we became Christians. We don't have to suffer for the Lord. We don't have to suffer at all. Remember, that's, that's what Luke records, right, in Acts 16, 25? No, that's not what the Bible says. That's the devil's Bible. Uh, the Lord's Bible says that they were singing and they were praying at midnight, uh, even though they were suffering for the Lord, for the cause of Christ, uh, even though they were suffering as they were running that race following Christ, <clears throat> they were glad that they were suffering uh, for the Lord. 
uh, and that should be our attitude as we run the Christian race. Because it will, it will not be an easy task. It will not be an easy job to be able to run uh, this race. But if we have the right attitude as we run this race, we surely will be able to make it. Uh, we will be able uh, to make it. And so, again, the Bible does mention uh, the Christian race in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3, as well as 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verses 24 through 27, and also in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, the Apostle Paul used the concept of the Christian race in order to convey the idea that it is a race in which we are right now. And we need to be mindful of that. Sadly to say, there are so many Christians today who have not acknowledged the fact that we are in a battle against Satan. Uh, we have so many Christians today in the Lord's Church who have not acknowledged the fact that we are running a race. And in order for us to be able to run a race, we have to be prepared. Uh, we have to be in good shape. And I'm here to tell you something. I am glad that the Apostle Paul in the Hebrews writer is talking about a spiritual a race. Because if this was a physical race, I do not have a chance to make it. And uh, for obvious reasons. And so, <clears throat> but the Christian life, the Christian race, we are able to make it because we have what it takes to make it. We have, for example, the perfect example in the life of Jesus Christ, uh, a man who, gave, who left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Remember 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 and 22? And this is the reason why uh, as the Hebrews writer says in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, this is the reason why we need to look unto Jesus. We need to set our minds. We need to set our eyes. We need to set our hearts on Jesus, not on the preacher. If you set your eyes on me, you will not be able to make it. Uh, if you set your eyes on the elders, you will not be able to make it. Men will disappoint you. But Jesus Christ, he will never disappoint us. Am I, am I not right? Jesus will never disappoint us. So he's the perfect example. And I don't believe in the life of Jesus Christ. From the moment he begins his ministry at the, at the age of 30 years old, the moment he begins the ministry, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe there is a single day when Jesus didn't have to face the Pharisees. When Jesus didn't have to face the Sadducees, the Sadducees, the Sadducees, uh, there was not a single day when he did not have to confront Jews who wanted to find him at fault uh, concerning the law of Moses. He had to deal with these people. He had to deal with all of these obstacles that he faced as he was running that race as well, because he was doing God's will. He came to do the Father's will. So he was also running that race, and that's why he gave us the example. And though he faced so many obstacles, though he faced so many things that were there to be a hindrance to him, he was able to overcome those things. Remember in John chapter 16 and verse 33, in the Gospel of John 16 and verse 33, Jesus says, These things have I written, uh, have I spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. Notice, in the world you will have tribulation. 
in that race that you're going to be running, you will have obstacles. You will have tribulation. But remember the last part of that verse. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if Jesus was able to make it, don't you think we are able to make it as well? If the apostles were able to make it, don't you think we are also able to make it as well? Uh, the apostle Paul was able to finish that race. And it wasn't easy for the apostle Paul to actually run that race. If you remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 16 all the way to the end of that chapter, the apostle Paul gives us a list of all the things that he suffered for the Lord. Uh, how many times he was scourged, how many times he was stoned. I mean, all the difficulties that he experienced as he was serving Christ. He gives us a list there in 2 Corinthians 11, 16 through 33. And, but all those things, all those obstacles that the Apostle Paul faced did not stop him from running that race. And nothing in this world should stop us from running that race, brethren. And again, we will face difficulties in life. But let's remember the words of the Apostle Paul. Remember in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses uh, 6 and follow. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 and follow. There the Apostle Paul says, For the time of my departure is at hand. <clears throat> and then he says in verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Or I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to those who love his appearing. And so we see that if the Apostle Paul was able to say, you know, I have finished the race. If he was able to finish that race, uh, then we can do the same thing. Because we are serving the same God. We are serving the same Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can make it, brethren. But as we face those trials, we need to set our minds on Christ, because He is the perfect example to follow. But not only we have the example, the perfect example of Christ, uh, where we see an example of perseverance, we see an example of not giving up in life. We also, Christ has made sure that we also have an example in the life of many others. Like, for example, as we mentioned, the prophets of all. You know, Jeremiah suffered so much for the Lord. Isaiah suffered so much. Ezekiel as well suffered. They preached to a people that were rebellious. Can you imagine preaching for, for thousands of people who do not want to hear God's word? Uh, in Jeremiah 26, verses 1 through 9, uh, there we see how God tells Jeremiah, You will speak unto the house of Judah. You will speak unto them all my words. Do not retain a word. And so basically, God was telling Jeremiah, Preach the whole counsel. Preach my whole counsel. And as he was doing that, what did God's people do to Jeremiah? The Bible says that they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him for preaching the word <clears throat> of God. Today, in many congregations, they would not hire a John the Baptizer uh, to be their preacher. 
They would not hire Jeremiah to be their preacher. Uh, but, you know, all these congregations that don't want to do God's will sometimes make it very difficult for the preacher or for the members who want to do God's will for them to continue that uh, race. But we have those prophets of the Old Testament who, again, <clears throat> they were able to finish their race because when they die, that's when they were able to finish their race. And that's going to be the same thing with us. Uh, we do not retire from Christianity. Uh, I just heard from a gospel preacher whose name I cannot tell you for matters of national security. Uh, but this preacher, he said, well, I've been preaching for about 35 years. And, you know, I have established so many congregations and held so many debates. And, but now, you know, I'm just retiring from, uh, from preaching. So I don't preach anymore on Sundays, and, and I'm just kind of doing just radio work, secular radio work. He doesn't preach anymore, so he retired. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul leaving us in a, a verse that says, you know, I retire at the age of 70, so I preach no longer? Uh, no, that's not the case. We retire, brethren, from Christianity the moment we die. And that's the moment when we go to our eternal abode. And we have an encouragement to continue that race we have an encouragement because this race actually leads to heaven. That's why we are running that race, uh, aren't you? We are running this race because we want to make it to the price. We want to make it to heaven. And the Bible gives us the encouragement to continue running that race. The Bible reminds us that we have the, the hope of eternal life. Again, Titus 1 and verse 2. Jesus Christ is our hope of glory. Colossians 1 and verse 27. But we have that encouragement about the promise of heaven. Jesus said it to his disciples as he was drawing nearer and nearer to his death uh, at Calvary. Jesus spoke to his disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may also be. John 14, verses 1, 2, and 3. The Bible says that we have a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 and 2. And the Bible also says that our citizenship, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 says that our citizenship is in Mexico. Doesn't say that, right? No, it says our citizenship is in heaven, whence we also wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the hope that we have. This is why I get up every Sunday morning ready to preach God's word. This is why I try to reach out to as many people as possible. This is the reason why I read my Bible. This is the reason why I pray to God. This is the reason why I try to encourage my family in Christ. This is the reason why I do what I do. Because this is what, what running that race is all about. Doing God's will. Following Jesus Christ to heaven. You know those 144,000 in Revelation chapter 7 and 14. In chapter 14, verse 4, the Bible says that those 144,000, they follow the Lamb where, wherever He went. That's exactly what we need to do. We need to follow Christ wherever He goes. And trust me, sometimes we don't want to follow Christ 
wherever he goes. Because sometimes he takes us to that street that says, love your enemies. And then we're like, oh, okay, we'll just wait over here. We'll let him go through that street. No, we need to follow Christ wherever he goes. Because in the end, the Bible says in John 14, 6, words of Jesus Christ, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no man comes unto the Father but through me. John 14 and verse 6. And that, <clears throat> this is the reason why we need to uh, run that race. Uh, we need, that's the reason why we need to follow Christ as we run that race. Because he is the only one who can take us to that uh, eternal abode. And once we make it to that abode, there will be no more race. There will be no more sorrow, no more crying, no more death, uh, no more bills to pay, uh, no more stress. Uh, none of those things that makes, that makes our lives miserable will be there in heaven. And that's why heaven is worth uh, suffering, uh, being willing to suffer for the Lord. And so as we run this race, we need to acknowledge the fact that it will not be an easy one. We need to acknowledge the fact that we need to keep Christ in our minds if we really want to make it to heaven. We need to also keep the prophets of all, the apostles and those who suffer for the Lord in our minds. We need to keep in mind that we have a spiritual family that can encourage us to make it to heaven. Please, always encourage one another to make it to heaven. Always encourage one another to to run that race by following Christ. You know, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, uh, actually in the whole context of the book of Hebrews, 13 chapters, we, we see a major problem there. Those, Christ, those uh, Hebrew Christians, they obeyed the gospel. They, they tasted all the blessings that God offered them through Jesus Christ. Uh, the Hebrews writer tells them, Jesus is superior to angels. He's superior to the priesthood. He's superior to Moses. He's the better way. Follow him. But the problem with the book of Hebrews is that those Christians were returning to the law of Moses. They were returning to Judaism, and they were forsaking Christianity. They stopped running the Christian race. And so the Hebrews writer says in Hebrews 10.24 that we are to encourage one another unto love and good works. And so don't you ever stop doing that. Whenever you see <clears throat> Christians who are getting discouraged, who don't want to run that race anymore, uh, get closer to them and try to encourage them and tell them, don't give up. Jesus didn't give up. The apostles didn't give up. The prophets of all didn't give up. The early church didn't give up. So keep going. Keep running the Christian race because it is worthy. We'll be able to make it to heaven. You know, in the last <clears throat> few months, I have talked to so many Christians. Some of them are going through many difficult uh, difficulties in life. Some have loved, uh, lost loved ones. Others have gone through so many discouragement by other members of the Lord's church. And, I, and, and they keep saying, I, I just I can't go any longer. I just cannot make it any longer. I'm so discouraged right now. I just don't want to run that race anymore. And so I try to encourage them to continue that race. It may be the case that you are discouraged right now. It may be the case that you want to give up right now. But let me tell you something. God says, don't give up. God says, you can make it. That cloud of witnesses mentioned in chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, they have one 
one message to tell us, and that is, you can make it. You can make it. And brethren, we can make it. And so let's encourage uh, one another because, after all, we are part of the family of God. Remember Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. We are no longer strangers and sojourners, but are partakers and members of the family of Christ, the household of Christ. And so we work as a team. We work as a family that we are in Jesus Christ. And as a family, we always try to encourage one another to make it to heaven. Um, don't be <clears throat> like those preachers. Uh, at least a couple of preachers right now are basically teaching false doctrine with regards to members who basically just stop worshiping for any reason. Uh, this preacher was saying, well, if, if members stop worshiping, if they forsake the assembly one or two times, we are not to go after them. We are not to go get them to come back to the fall because they have sinned against God and they have no forgiven whatsoever. And they give Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26, there is no more sacrifice for them because they forsook the assembly. And so that's their interpretation, uh, a faulty interpretation. And so many members who are not worshiping anymore, no one is going after them. No one is encouraging them to come back to the fall because they have seen so much that they have no point of return. That's, that's false doctrine, brethren. The Bible says that we are to encourage one another. We are to encourage us one another, and we are to pray for one another so that we can make it to heaven. And so in this Christian race, as we run this race following Christ, let's keep in mind the encouragement that we have uh, for one another. You know, <clears throat> after James was put, was put to death in Acts chapter 12 and verse 1, and then in verse 4 of the same chapter, we see how uh, Herod put the apostle Peter into prison. But I love what verse 5 says in verse 12. Acts chapter 12, verse 5 and verse 12. Luke tells us that faithful Christians gather together at the house of Mary. And what were they doing in that, at that house? The Bible tells us exactly that they were praying. I'm confident that they were praying for the family of James, who was just put to death. I am confident that they were praying for Peter so that he could be released, so that he can continue preaching the gospel of Christ. They were praying for one another so that they will not lose their faith. They were praying for encouragement. They were praying for wisdom. They were praying for strength. And that's exactly what we must do, brethren. If we want to finish that race by following Christ, that's the way to do it, by encouraging one another uh, unto love and good works. Again, we'll find so many obstacles but we can overcome those obstacles because we are not alone. God is with us. As mentioned before, Hebrews 13 and verse 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Most of the time, the problem with some Christians is that they just don't believe Hebrews 13, 5. Uh, they don't believe that God will never leave us nor forsake us. And then, you know, Matthew 28 and verse 20, I think I quoted that verse so many times every summer that I come here. And Lord, I'm with you. Uh, and Lord, I'm with you every Wednesday and Sunday to the end of the world. Remember? Uh, no, and Lord, I am with you every single day to the end of the world. And so let's continue, brethren, to run that race. <clears throat> Each day that passes by, it's one step closer to death. 
or one step closer to the second coming of Christ. We have no idea when Christ will return. But what we do know is Matthew 24 and verse 44. In 24:36, no one knows about that day, nor the hour, nor the angels in heaven, but only my Father who is in heaven. But then in verse 44, the Bible says, Jesus himself says, Be ye also ready, for in an hour that you think not, the Son of Man will come. So he will come when we less expect it. And I pray, it is my fervent prayer, that, that whenever the Lord returns, that he will find us striving to run that race by following uh, Jesus Christ. And brethren, again, we can make it in this race. We have everything that we need to be able to make it. Jesus made it. The apostles made it. The early Christians who served God made it. Again, the prophets of all made it. And the church of the 21st century can and will make it if we run that race by following Jesus Christ. Are we? Are we following Jesus Christ? And I hope and pray that we are. That we are setting our minds on him, uh, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who tells us that we can make it. Again, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you may, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so follow the example of Jesus Christ, First Peter chapter 2 and verse uh, 21 and 22. And if we do so, we will be able to make it. If you are here with us, you need to start running that race if you have not obeyed the gospel. Uh, time is running out. Uh, you need to start running that race right now. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 and verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Look upon him while he is near. That implies that there will be a time when you will not be able to seek God. Uh, there will be a time when he will not be close to you for you to call upon him for salvation, for obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we want to beg, we want to plead with you, we want to encourage you to give your life to Christ before it is eternally too late. The Bible is very clear with regards to what you must do to be saved. And the Bible says that you must uh, believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ you must believe that he came, died for your sins, was buried, but then on the third day he was raised from the dead. Uh, you have to believe with all your heart uh, that message of salvation, which is the power of God unto salvation, Romans 1 and verse 16. But you also have to be willing to repent of your sins, uh, forsake sin from your life. You know, and the Hebrews writer tells us there as well uh, that we are to get rid of the sin that besets us in order for us to be able to run that race. Well, from the very moment that you obey the gospel, you have to repent of your sins. Leave sin behind so that you can start running that race. Uh, Acts uh, chapter 2 and verse 38 talks about repentance, and God has commanded all men everywhere to repent, Acts 17 and verse 30. But also you have to confess Christ as the Son of God, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. And you also have to be immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins, Acts 22 and verse 16. And once you do that, then you will be added to the body of Christ, to the church of the New Testament, the one you, that you read about in the pages of the New Testament. 
the church that was prophesied in the Old Testament, that church that was in the mind of God before the foundation of the world, that was established at the day of Pentecost, you will be part of that uh, church if you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then once you are in the body of Christ, all you have to do is be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And so if you have not obeyed the gospel, if you have not, if you have not been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, we, we encourage you to do so tonight before it is everlasting too late. If you're already a Christian, if you're already a member of the body of Christ, but you are losing your faith, your faith is weak, uh, and you need the strength and the wisdom to continue serving God faithfully in his kingdom, well, ask God to give you that wisdom. Ask God to give you the strength so, you can, so that you can make it in this race that you have uh, forsaken for X reason. But please come back to the full and do things the way God would have you to do. That way you can also be like the Apostle Paul. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And that way you can actually get that crown of righteousness when the Lord comes back again. If you're subject to the invitation, please respond to it as together we stand and sing.